0: Yes people, it's Thursday which means it's another echo chamber for you And before we get into this week's films Let's look at the top 10 films streaming in the UK right now At number 10 people, for some reason it's Cathy Hands, Birds of Prey and the fantabulous Harley Quinn So obviously starring Margaret Robbie, Jamie Smollett, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Ewan McGregor, Rosie Perez, had a good cast, you know what I mean? At number 9 It's Jumanji The Next Level So this was from Jake Castan Starring Karen Gillen, Dwayne Johnson Kevin Hart Jack Black Danny DeVito Hey everyone tells me it's great I need to watch it I know I'm late people number eight it is a last christmas paul feig managed to stay in post 2020 so this is the one starring Amelia clark emma thompson michelle yu paddy lafon ingrid oliver and all that jazz in at number 7, Greta Gerberg, you know what I mean? Hey, it's a couple of years old, but it's still doing it. Little women standing tall, you know what I mean? This one, Cerise Ronan, Timothée Chalamet, who I'm looking forward to playing Paul Atreides later this year. Florence Pugh, who's going to be doing it big, Black Widow and all of that, you know what I mean? So at number 6 It was the um, <laughs> The new bad boys Bad boys for life From Balau Falau And Adil El Arbi, Starring Will Smith Martin Lawrence Vanessa Hudgens. <sighs> oh dear At number 5 Hey John Watts has been Killing it son and his second entry in the MCU was huge. Spider-Man far from home, but hey, close to the heart. <laughs> you know what I mean? Tom Holland. I mean what? This is his fourth portrayal of our spider-clad hero. You know what I mean? We had Zendaya, we had Jake Gyllenhaal. Samuel L. Jackson. This one was legit You know what I mean? Definitely a fun film At number 4 Hey, thankfully it's the last Christmas film that managed to cling on It's Richard Curtis's Love Actually And this one, you know, Hugh Grant, Kira Knightley Thomas Brody, Liam Neeson, Andrew Lincoln It was actually a decent film You know, one of those one Christmas films that you go, okay I, I, I'll give them that one I will give them that one And thankfully for Hugh Because hey let's be honest Death to 2020 was Terrible So uh, at least he gets to hang his hat On this right? In at number 3 We have got Robert Zumakis's, You know his vision of Ronald Adal's The Witches There might be controversy but it's a children's Classic This one Anna Hathaway Octavia Spencer Kristen Chenworth Stanley Tucci Another great cast people At number 2 I'm thinking it's because it's just hit Amazon Prime But it's Josh Boone's The New Mutants So This one Anna Taylor-Joy Macy Williams Charlie Heaton Blue Hunt You know what I mean But I don't know people At number 1 Still Still Kicking ass in a hey, whatever time frame you want to look at it is Christopher Nolan and to Tennant people, Elizabeth to Bicky. We had Robert Patterson, Kenneth Branagh Clems, Clemens, Clements Posey, and John David Washington. So that's what's kicking it in the UK right now, people. So let's us get into this week's films Right, we've got fi- free films But actually, let's listen to this before we do that Alright, let's go Okay, so all you shutter fans Man, 2021 is going to be a good one Okay, so it starts off With, um yeah, some thrilling originals that will be hitting the uh, service, right? So you've got Hunted from Oscar-nominated filmmaker Vincent Parnord. And the Queen of Black Magic from two giants of modern Indonesian horror, Kimo Stambol and Joko Anwar. The much-anticipated second season of original series, A Discovery of Witches, with new episodes weekly. A binge release of season one of The Walking Dead World Beyond. The latest series in the Walking Dead universe and the first to be available on Shudder. A four-film celebration of Peter Cushions. A double feature from the mind of Clive Baker, Nightbreed and a Rawhide Rex And a recently released Award winning animated Feature The Wolf House Among other new Additions to the Shudder Library So Hunted will be Arriving on the 14th of January Right And um, Yeah What started as a flirtatious encounter at a bar turns into a life or death struggle as Eve becomes the unknowing target of a misogynistic plot against her. Forced to flee as two men pursue her through the forest, she's pushed to her extremes while fighting to survive. But survival isn't enough for Eve She will have revenge A modern and radical Tale on the little red riding Hood fable Hunting is an exhilarating Transcendent and Frequently brutal survival Tale that elevates itself With the power of myth And magic while still Holding an exacting mirror To present day society Man So yeah That will be hitting on the 14th. Uh, The Queen of Black Magic will then arrive on the 28th of January. The Sins of the Past come back with a vengeance in this new film from two of Indonesia's modern masters of horror. Director Kimo Stambul and writer Juko Anwar. A family travels to the distant rural orphanage where the father was raised to pay their respects to the facility's gravely ill director, but his and his best friend's homecoming turns into a terrifying supernatural ordeal that threatens their and their family's lives. Someone is using Dark Manage to avenge evil deeds, long buried but not forgotten. Ooh. You know, so um then the ninth of January, that's when you can catch a discovery of witches, the second season. And every um every Saturday a new episode will be dropping. Right? So um you have that. Uh Beyond the Walking Dead, uh World Beyond that hits on the twenty-first of January. And you don't have to wait each week because all episodes hit on that day. So, um, yeah, that's fun. Uh, the Peter Cushing season will start on the 18th of January. Right. Um, but as well as that, you have other new films like Super Dark Times from director Kevin Phillips. That arrives on the 4th. So Zach and Josh and our best friends growing up in the 90s in the suburbs where teenage life revolves around hanging out, looking for kicks, navigating first loves and vying for popularity. When a traumatic incident drives a wedge between the previously inseparable pair, their youthful innocent abruptly vanishes. Each processes the tragedy in his own way, until circumstances grow increasingly complex and spiral into violence. You then also have fingers from director Jean Ortiz on the same day. When an employee shows up to work with a missing pinky, it awakens demons in his boss that she never knew she harbored. Hmm. Oh dear. <laughs> On the 11th of January, there will be Before the Fire from director Charlie Buller. As a global pandemic engulfs Los Angeles, rising TV star Ava Boone is forced to flee the mounting chaos and return to her rural hotel as she struggles to acclimatise to a way of life she left behind long ago. Her homecoming attracts a dangerous figure from her past. Threatening both her and the family that serves as her only sanctuary. Um, yeah. And then on that same day, you will also get Cub. From director Jonas Gawurts. The Pit. From director Lou Lehman. And Celia from director Anne Turner. So, Shudder is definitely something to, uh, yeah, make sure you get your hands on for January, people. So, maybe you get in your stocking. If not, ooh, you better rush and pick it up pretty soon. Because it is the home of horror and all kind of craziness. And, uh, yeah... A pretty fun thing to have on your TV or your computer, people. So, go check it out now. Horror fans, oh, mark this date. Because um, the final Girls Berlin Film Festival... Berlin's premier showcase of horror films directed and produced by women and non binary filmmakers will return in the new year for the sixth time and first virtual edition. The fest will run from february the fourth to the seventh and include features, short blocks and an impressive slate of talks and special offerings. Feature films will be geo-locked to Germany, while several short blocks and all non-film programming will be viewable worldwide. This will be followed by a planned second in-person event to take place over Halloween weekend, October the 29th to the 31st at City Kino Wedding in Berlin. Like many festivals confronting COVID-19, we fought long and hard about how to make our festival as safe and enjoyable as possible and decided to split our sip edition, explains festival co-director Ellie Liu. The February program includes a number of films about loneliness, technology, technological reliance and confirmment that reflect our present day reality in chilling ways co-director Sarah Nidoff sees the current pandemic as a chance to connect across geographical ge- uh, geographical distance and goes on to say, we've got a thrilling side program with workshops and talks from holercorers horror scholars that we're extremely honoured to have with us these times are grim but they bring an opportunity to virtually connect with an international feminist horror community that otherwise couldn't normally make it to Berlin so we hope more and more folks will emerge from the woodwork and come join us so people mark those dates and, um, hey, if you're in Berlin, you are definitely in for a spooky treat. Okay, people, so now we've uh, got that out of the way, let's get into this week's films. <laughs> okay, so, Ant horazalin No... Let's try that again. And Ali, you know, he's got a new film out, which he, you know, he directed, he co-wrote and co-produced along with Reza Shaloo, You know, and um, that film is called Rev. You know, it is starring Francesco Felice as Mikey, we have got um, oh gosh, Alex Labut as Sammy, Sean Ray as Charlie, Hannah Gordon as Ava, Vivica A Fox as Detective Reed, we got Sam Asante as Coflex. We've also got, um, hmm, Dennis Nimoy as Dutch, you know, uh, they're kind of our, pff, yeah, I'd probably say they're our, our, our main people, um, other than, you know, Reza Shouli, who does crop up as also Officer Kovitz, and also a character called Gordy. Um, so yeah. Now the oh, I will say as well that uh, cinematography is handled by tomas Kurek, and the music is Antonio Gradanti. Right, so the uh, the gist of the film is this: a young thief with a history of grand theft auto becomes an informant and helps police bring down a criminal enterprise involved in the smuggling of hundreds of exotic supercars. Hmm. Now, when you um, yeah, when you look online. You know, a lot of talk is put around this, and the Fast and the Furious. You know, which, um, I I wouldn't say it's Fast and the Furious. You know, fast cars. I you know I can understand the lazy comparisons people make. In the very beginning of the film, you know, they do throw out there, uh, probably one of the closer comparisons, and that people is gone in 60 seconds, yeah, you know, the, um, Nicolas Cage, was it Charlie, I believe it was Nicolas Cage and Charlie Ferron, I think that, that was the, uh, female protagonist in that one, um, but yeah, like you know, because we're getting sold on um, because I would say our young, you know, thief with the history of Grand Theft Auto, is Mikey, you know, Francisco Felice's character, and um, you know, he's explaining to us at the very beginning, you know, ever since he saw Gone in sixty seconds, that was it. He he wanted to be a thief, and um, <laughs> you know they did they did say the uh, the line at the at the start. If you want people to um, you know, stick stick by the law, stop making films about thieves, and you're just like eh, no. <laughs> Even when there wasn't films, you know, uh, about thieves. They were still thieves right so um it doesn't work like that right but you know the beginning of the film is a it's a setup right you're it's laying the groundwork for for what the film actually is you know so we're um told that you know mikey Hey, you know, he, he was working a job, he was doing a few petty, you know, larceny things, getting into a bit of trouble, but, you know, what was he meant to do, right, he, he wanted to live a better life, wanted to live a better life, didn't have any choice, didn't have any choice, people, you know what I mean, poor old Mikey, he just wanted to live a good life, you know, wanted to live a good life, so um, yeah, he got into pulling gigs, he quit his job, and um, yeah, he set about trying to make that big money, because hey, our tagline is, live fast, try faster. (laughs) <laughs> ah, yes, people. This film—it's got so many of those clichés in it. You know what I mean? Gotta love it, people. Gotta love it, right? So, yeah. You know, he's seeing, you know, loads of exotic cars, all these luxury cars. And I think one of the big things at the very start, we get text along the front, and it's like Toronto. You know, it is home for a plethora of, um, you know, car thievery, which I did not know. But, supposedly, that is the, uh, that's the big thing over in Toronto. Didn't notice it when I was out there, but, hey, obviously, I did not look hard enough. But, um, you know, there's loads of these luxury cars, so poor old Mikey right, it, it, it's like a coke fiend, you know, having to walk past a, foul, a, a, you know, a powder factory every single day, what's he gonna do, what's the poor chap gonna do, so he, um you know, he sees a car, sees a nice car, speaks to his, uh, to his dude, and the guy's like, yo, you bring me something like that, that's where the big money is, kid, so you know he he grabs the car and then it all goes south all goes south the police nab him and that's when things get spicy that's when we get into the the real meat of this story so the police you know they you know they give him an ultimatum go to jail right because you know they're like, "Oh, we can we can do you for home invasion. We can send you behind bars for the rest of your life, or you help us infiltrate this this little gang." You know, so that's that's what he did. That's what old Mikey did. You know, he gets in with um Charlie. You know, who's running the whole thing along with his partner Sammy. You know, so yeah, he he's there and you know they're they're doing the deed, pulling off cars, fifth and all of that. I mean, Sammy isn't a fan of Mikey's, yeah. you know, but Charlie loves him. Charlie loves him. And so, you know, he brings Mikey in deeper. Deeper in makes him his right hand man, but <laughs> this is when things go south, right? This was when things go south because the aspirations of the thief usually get too big, too big. Ooh, now people like the thing with this film. I, I just think, a lot of the, the story, you know, you're meant to be, on the belief that these people were stuck in this hard position, you know, we're, we're meant to believe that, we're meant to believe in these friendships, these loves, all of that, and it is very, very difficult, right, because, we're not given a suitable reason for Mikey really doing what he's doing, you know, because Mikey has got a job, he's got a job, he's making okay money, he's just not making the money that he wants, but yeah, it's just this weird situation that, you know, he's, hey, he's got a job, he's got a car, he's got all of this stuff, right, But, you know, we're meant to be on Mikey's side for this hardship that he's found himself in. Also, right, like, just looking at the way he's stealing these cars, you're thinking to yourself, well, obviously, he's going to get caught. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like, he's wearing the same clothes every time he's pulling off one of these little heists. Like, they're trying to sell it, like, ah, well... The way you do this is ba-ba-ba-ba-ba, ba 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 but it's like, if you're wearing these same clothes, the same clothes when you're doing this stuff, people are going to track you down, because, you know, a lot of the stuff he's doing is in broad daylight, right, so it, it's not like, oh, yeah, in your bag, carry around another jacket, or, yeah, Wear a jacket that you can turn inside out, you know, have multiple hats so you can change the hat. No, nothing like that. So you're just like, wait, what? Then the whole big thing before he gets nabbed by the police oh, you take a car, you leave it in a public place, leave it for a week, right? Leave it for a week. So then, you know, if it's still there when you go back, obviously, hey, you know. No one's tracking it, and you're just like, wait, what? You mean, the rationale makes no sense. Like it makes no sense whatsoever. You mean it's so asinine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's just like, wait, hold on. You would think, right, that if it's still there. Hey, it could very well be being used as a sting. Because, you know, it might work if you're stealing a Ford Astra. I feel that's the name of a car, right? Ford Astra? Hmm, I don't know. Let's say Tesla. Because I, I do know that is a car. I don't drive people. I have no clue whatsoever about cars. But you know, if you're picking up something that you know, he's a dime a dozen, then yes, the possibility of people, you know, going, oh, that's the stolen one, you know, that might, it might be lower, but even then, you know, number plates, you know, all someone's got to do is go, wait, that car's been there for a while, what's the number plate, let's run that. You know, there's so many flaws to this whole way of thinking, but when he goes back for the car, he doesn't, you know, case the place out, because, you know, the way the police are on him in a flash, you'd think, yeah, it it must have been pretty obvious that the police were all over the shop, if you'd looked, but yeah, so, you know, he's nabbed by the police then the whole you know, we'll put you in jail for the rest of your life is is just pretty ludicrous, right so there is that but, I think it's the way that they, you know you, you rush him through the ranks right, the first encounter that we see him with Charlie you've got Mikey trying to put on this attitude, which, again, it it, it doesn't wash, <laughs> you know what I mean, it doesn't wash, right, but we have Charlie, you know, going, oh, you know, after, I mean, from the viewer's point of view, it's not a long period of time, now, it can't be a long period of time because, you know, he's working with the police. But, yeah, it, it makes no sense why Charlie, who's been running this highly lucrative operation for years. You know, because we find out with with um, one of the police's intel briefing missions with the department that, you know, any luxury, exotic car, that's been stolen, is probably connected to Charlie, so this is a huge, huge operation, so why the fuck, is he making Mikey his right hand man, do you know, I mean, to, to be able to do this thing, you'd think there are key people involved, right, so you're thinking, what? Why is Mikey the right-hand man? It is mind-blowing. So there is that, right? But as, you know, with these stories, there is always a, you know, a love triangle, a situation. And, you know, the, the one that we have here, right, is Hannah Gordon's character, Ava. And you're kind of like, you know, hey. When I say this, people do not get me wrong. I'm Hannah Gordon. She's not ugly, right? She's not ugly. But right, you you kind of like why her? You know, like this isn't established. Like there is nothing established. Why? You know. Our boy Char, uh, you know, Mikey would mess with Charlie's girl, right? There is nothing whatsoever. So you know, you're you're kind of like, huh? What what's going on here? This is weird. Makes no sense. You know what I mean? So there is that. Like, there's one point in it, and he's um, you know, going. I mean. Whew. How can you resist an ass like that? As she bends over, and you're just like, "Wait, has she got an ass?" I mean, again, she's you know, she's a, a, a you know a thin young lady. There is no ass. <laughs> she, like, there is no ass. Now it's not as flat as you know Brie Larson, but. It's not a huge ass. You know, when you think, if you're a, a guy that likes a fat ass, you know what I mean? Something to hold back up, at least. You're not going to point at Hannah Gordon. <laughs> you, you're not going to do that. So, you know, there, there's another weird thing in this story. Now, a, another big thing. You're messing with your boss's girlfriend right, you've we've already established that if Charlie thinks anyone's messing with his girl, he's gonna fuck them up, right so you're messing with her when you're on a undercover mission, from the police, which if you mess that up, you're probably gonna go to jail or you're gonna get killed by the gangsters, right so you've got all this, so why the fuck would you be seen with her out in public? You know, and locally. <laughs> this is, these are just these moronic things that are going on. Which is just you're scratching your head. You're like, wait, huh? This makes no sense. Like, no sense. And obviously, people, I think you can guess. You can guess exactly what's going to happen here. And it does. It does. So he's then in this situation where, oh, someone knows about the thing. But I have to say, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, the, the clues people have of their relationship, it's not a lot. It is easily styled out. You read? Like, if they find something in your apartment, as long as it's not underwear, you can pass it off. You can be like, yeah, she dropped over some paperwork. She must have left that when she did that. It's not fucking difficult. (laughs) It's not difficult. But you can't do that. You're just like, oh my God. There is loads of this film that they, you know, they basically rifled all manner of films to go, Oh, that's interesting, let's do that in this film, you know, there's no real original fault in this, <laughs> you know what I mean? There's no original fault, which is fine, you know what I mean, but it does make everything very difficult to believe, you know, there's no real chemistry between anyone, you know, so you're not gonna think, oh, they must be in love, or that must be this, and blah, 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 and, listen, I've gotta say, Alex LeBert, he's not sinister, (laughs) he's not sinister at all, so he's Sammy character, you're looking at him going, wait, how the fuck is he intimidating Dutch? How is he intimidating anyone? Right, there's so many scenes with people chewing the scenery, trying to act badass, and you're just like, nah, I am not buying it, people. I'm not buying it. So yes, it's a bit of a laughable plot. You. Know, Basically, you can predict everything. And I mean everything that goes down. You know what I mean? It's just... It's more transparent than a fucking clear bag. Basically. Cling film would be harder to see through. Let's just say that. So when we get to the end, the end is just like, oh no really people, really, and if, <laughs> if the, you know, the, the, the main bit of the end isn't bad enough, the closing moment, you're just like, wait, what, is everyone getting a piece here, <laughs> you know what I mean, it's just like, hold on, are they Eiffel Towering her, like, what's gonna happen here, this is insane. It's insane. <laughs> but, listen, if you're a fan of stuff like, you know, Fast and the Furious. Because the, the comparison with Fast and the Furious is ridiculous plots. That's That, that would be the, the biggest comparison to Fast and the Furious. So, if you like stuff like Fast and the Furious, Biker Boys... You know stuff like that, right? If you're a fan, then yeah, Rev, you'll you'll be cool with Rev, because it is that film that you throw on late at night. You don't have to think about it, and you just be like, "All right," <laughs> you know what I mean, "Let's kill some time." That's what this is. You know, it's not, it, you know, it's not going to change the world. It's not going to blow you away. It's not going to win any story writing awards. The acting is definitely not going to win any awards on that front. Because it is, it's all very one dimensional. It's all very one dimensional, but it serves the purpose which it's meant to. You know, so yeah, if you want a film that you don't have to think about, then Rev is that film. You know it's an easy going ninety one minutes that you can watch some cars, you can see some chewing of scenes, you know, yeah, it's on Netflix, so uh, you know, it means you can pause it, you know, go get a drink, come back, and what's the rest of the ridiculous action? So there you go, people. If you're a fan of Canadian films, ridiculous plots, implausible character arcs, then people, go get you some rev. Turn those engines right now. Brum brum. Man, I am very pleased because Simp Francis has just hit Netflix. And um, that's a good thing. Right? So... I mean, initially, the film was doing the circuits in 2019. Won a lot of awards, Sundance, and all of that jazz. Um, But it hit the UK in Well, it was meant to hit the UK in July last year. Lockdown, everything like that just got in the way. Was hoping to see it at the BFI. That plan got scuppered. So, you know, it was good that... uh, you know it's finally out so it's the new film from alex thompson he um produced it along with james choi pierce cravens ian kaiser eddie linker raphael nash and roger Welp. it is written and starring kelly o'sullivan who plays a character called bridget um, we've also got Charin Alvarez, who plays Maya. Uh, Lily Mojeku, who plays Annie. They're a couple, and they've got a daughter called Frances, who is played by Ramona Edith Williams. We've also got um Jace, who's played by Max a Bit of a love interest of Bridget's, probably. I think we can say that. We've got... um. Isaac, who's played by Jim True Frost, who's a guitar teacher and a douche. Uh, we've also got Mary Beth Fisher who plays Carol. Francis Gwinnon, who plays Dennis. And Rebecca Spence, who plays Joan. Right, so the cinematography is Nate Hertzella. Um, And the music is Alexander Babbitt and Quinn Schwan. I have to say um Schwan's like her style does remind me a little of Cat Power. You know it's very it's very enjoyable. It's a you know it's nice. Right? It's a nice kind of flavor to it. So the gist of the film is this. 34-year-old aimless server in a restaurant Bridget hasn't yet achieved her goal of becoming a respected writer. When casual relations with a younger, nice guy leads to an unexpected confrontation with potential motherhood, she manifests a job nannying a pint-sized spirit guide disguised as an obstinate six-year-old. I wouldn't say that she manifests the job <laughs> I mean, because the job was already there Like it's a weird one like, I have say there's a there's often weird things that are attached to films like, like this is on IMBD classified as a comedy it is not a comedy <laughs> right I think you don't. Know, you can have um amusing moments in a film without it being a comedy right it's like life sometimes funny things happen in a day and you know overall that day was pretty traumatic right but you wouldn't go well that day was a comedy wasn't it no it was a traumatic day it just had amusing things in it hey. Right? but anyway right so we start off at a party, you know, Bridget is sitting there, listening to a guy drone on, trying to impress her. You know, and you know he's rolling off. Oh, I do this and I do that, and then he asks her, "What do you do?" And she's just like, oh, "I'm a, uh, you know, I'm a server at a restaurant," and he's like. Oh, well, it's fine. You're in your 20s. You know, people don't know what they want to do in their 20s. And she's like, I'm 34. Yeah, and then he tries to placate. And then he gets out of there. So that's when she, you know, she meets Jace. Who's kind of in the same predicament. But he is a lot younger than her. I mean, I don't know. I think he's... 10 years, 8 years younger, something like that, right, Um, but yeah, so they meet up, and yeah, they hit it off, (laughs) they definitely hit it off, and we just have them, you know, well, I think it's that same day, see, this is the thing about weird synopsis for films, because at that first moment, right, she hooks up with Jace, and the next day, she remembers, oh, I've got an interview to be a nanny, that's the job, she didn't manifest the job due to potential motherhood, that's some crazy ass shit, but um, yeah, you know, her friend used to be a nanny, she's, um, she got pregnant, so she moved, and um, yeah, she suggested that uh, Bridget um, interview for that role. So we see her go meet Maya and Annie and their daughter Frances who doesn't seem to like Bridget. Right? It's a bit cold, it's a bit frosty at first. So, um yeah, it doesn't work. Um Bridget goes back to work, she's in the restaurant, it's just the mo the moldrum, the mundrum, the hmm the mundrum, mundrum, that's not a, that's not the word is it, humdrum, dr- hum, humdrum, god damn it people, yes, she's doing that humdrum, you know, bullshit, like she's just, ugh, going through the motions, then gets a phone call, gets a phone call, because obviously, she didn't get the job as a nanny, but, the person they did employ didn't work out, so she's got a job, right, and so then the film is just her navigating all of that, right, navigating, I think, the, the relationship with the kid, the relationship with the parents, like, trying to find focus in her life, you know, like, she's a uh, a sailing boat without a rudder at first, and then, you know, a map is found, and she's kind of, you know, she has focus towards the end, right, and, and so that's a film, like, it's not a film with a whole crazy plot and all of these things happening and all of that, no, 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 no it's a simpleish film, but, it's, uh, it's nice, you know what I mean, I gotta say, it is a nice film, you know, it, it, it like, there's definitely points in the film where you think like, yeah, I don't know, but overall, right, overall, it does, you know, it, it, it makes you smile, Right, it, it leaves a nice little. Yeah, I think especially towards the end, you, you know, you just feel good. It, it, you know, you're like, okay, well, yeah, I I needed that, right? Needed a little niceness, you know, in my day, and that's what this kind of does for you. You know, gives you a little bit of niceness, right? <laughs> um. Like, look, there are definitely points in the film where you're like, did that need to be there? Like, at the very beginning. Like, it's in the trailer, so this isn't a spoiler. But, you know, she's having these heavy periods. And Jace is like, oh, um, I think you're on your period. There's a, a bit of blood. Actually, there's a lot of blood. And then having this conversation about menstrual blood. And just out of nowhere, she's like, you're not into that, are you? You know, there's guys that, yeah, they're into girls, you know, who are having a period. They're called bloodhounds. And it's a bit like, huh? Like, that just seemed a little bit forced. You know what I mean? It, it, It was a bit like... I, it didn't seem like a necessarily a natural conversation point. It, it was just like, oh, I've just discovered this thing. Let me throw it in here somehow, you know? Because it, it was just a bit like, I don't know, it didn't really go anywhere, right? It, it did Because when something stupid, weird like that happens... You know what I mean? Especially if it happens to me. I'm, I will, you know what I mean? I will come back to that point, right, throughout that day. And, you know, throughout that week, month. You know what I mean? It'll just be something that I will, you know what I mean? Maybe, like, bark like a like hound. A you know what I mean? Be like, oh, oh, Do oh. You know what I mean? It'll just be like you create it as an in-joke between you. You're in, or you're just mocking the person, This it's just like, you're an idiot, how was I meant to know you were in your period, did I walk up to you sniffing your crutch, like, would you, I'm not meant to know that, don't be an arsehole, you know what I mean, like, there would be, it would be a different sort of conversation, you know, so, I mean, that was a bit weird, And I I think there's, like, there's these other moments in the film where you have these odd kind of... There's a few odd interactions. You know, I, I think, like, just her and Jace, there's a few moments, right, about them dating. And he doesn't question... Like she says certain things he doesn't question it, right and you kind of be like, eh, I kind of feel that he'd have said something right and and especially because and I say that right because he has an emotion journal, right so for a person that would keep an emotion journal, they would definitely question. Her kind of... Um, parameters... Of this relationship... You know what I mean? That He's that person that would do that... For sure... He's not playing it cool... Right? And so there's things like that... There was an interaction between her and her mum... You know where mum... Is describing the feelings that she had... When she had her... Right? Which... You know, I think at first you're like, fine, fine, fine. But it then went on a little bit too long for you to be like, okay, I kind of feel there's more to that. There would be more to that. You know what I mean? Like, it it, it won't, it's, it's not just going to end nice and neat how it's then depicted here. You know what I mean? So, there's just, there's a few things like that within the film, but, right, I will say, a lot of the interactions between um, Bridget and, um, you know, Maya, Annie, right, they felt real. Like, I mean, just her getting to know Francis... That felt very real, right? That all felt very natural, you know, because, yeah, the kid doesn't really like her at the beginning. and i I think there is more to it, right? Because, um, you do get the sense that Francis is given a extremely long leash. You know, she can. Do what she wants. Says what she wants. It's one of those situations where you know, what I mean, you see those kids They're like, "I want to do this now," and the parents be like, "Okay, let's do that," and then all of a sudden, "No, nope, now I want to do this." Be like, "Oh, but we just bought tickets for. Don't want to do it now. I want to. Okay, <laughs> whatever you would want to do." And you're just like, "What? What the fuck? This is insane!" And yeah, it's one of those situations, but as, you know, their bond grows, you see this shift, you see it change, you know, she's not pulling little stunts anymore, and so that's nice to see, it's like, it's heartwarming, it's endearing, you know, and especially, like, this moment at the very end, you know, it's kind of sweet, right, and we, we just see, um, a few different kind of issues raised in the film, like uh, breastfeeding out in public. And especially when it's other women with families kind of shaming other women with families, which is insane, right? Because you'd think, oh, They'd understand, they'd be supportive, but no. And that's what you see, right? You see people in a similar situation shaming other people when, yo, they should understand that situation. But it does get called out, it does get addressed, uh, and you're kind of like, it, it goes in a way that you're like, okay, no, that's good right, that's good, because it doesn't become this crazy thing, it, it it kind of changes the dynamic of the situation, and you're like, all right, that's cool, you know what I mean, I'm, I'm glad they handled it like that, right, so we do see these kind of shifts in narratives on situations, you know, with different kind of things, like postnatal depression, you know, stuff like that, that is addressed in a certain way, which was interesting, now, I would say that there are things that aren't addressed as much, right, there's certain things that you think, ah, that was kind of left out there a little bit, you know, like, um. Yeah, the guitar teacher. <laughs> now there's a there's a thing with him, and you kind of get the sense, right? The like that that whole thing, man. It could have been a bit more, right? Because there's that f- whole kind of comment Bridget makes, but then it just seems to be left and you're like, you know, but she's, you know, I'm a feminist, like, she, you know, she says that a couple of times in the film, and so you just feel like, yo, wait, how are you not, you know, saying more on this, it's a bit weird, plus, the periods, well, I don't even know if it's just, pe- but she's bleeding a lot, and there is a reference Made, but even before she's bleeding, you know, what I mean? so you kind of think, all right, is there something else happening here? You know, but it's kind of just left, it, it's not really addressed that much, which did seem a bit odd, you know, it, it, it seemed like. Yeah, this is probably something that probably should be talked about a bit more, right? Should be addressed a little bit more, you know. So y- there are a few kind of threads and things that are kind of just thrown out there, like the writing. You know, she wants to. Be, you know, she wants to be a writer. Like you know, talking with a friend, it's like, oh yeah, she. We always thought she was going to be the new Sylvia Platt, you know, but the writing kind of thing isn't really, it, it, it's not a thread that's, you know, picked much within the film. You know, so, yeah, there's these odd little bits and bobs that are kind of floating in the wind, but, it is a, it's a nice film. It is a nice film, and, and, Overall, it it does a decent job, like, very good acting, you know what I mean, I I think that's definitely a strength here, the acting, you know, and, um, yeah, from everyone, you know, like, everyone does a very good job, gotta give hats off to Ramona Edith Williams, who plays Francis, because there is a lot to that role you know, and if you had a, a performance like, uh, man, the kid that played Anakin in, that, in those original prequels, who is just not good, he was not good, and I mean, we can also say, and listen, let's be honest, the kids in Harry Potter in those first few films, they were not good, now, as they got older, they did improve. But at the beginning, they were not good. So, if, you know, Ramona kind of... If she'd hammed it up like those kids, it wouldn't be the same sort of film. So, yeah, a lot of credit has to go to her, you know? So, um, you know, I think if you like a... um. An open kind of storyline, you know what I mean? Like one of those, one of those pieces that's a little bit open ended, a little bit rambling, not a, um, you know, not a focused, as it were. You know, in depth story like beginning, middle, like if 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 you like things that are a bit more loose, a bit more open, then I would say Saint Francis, it's a film for you. You know, it visits nice. You know, it, it's a it's a good it's a good film. I mean, like um, yes, yeah, stuff that I think if you enjoyed it, you would like this, I'd say hopes, Hope Gap right, I mean I think you would like that one um, gosh it's. I think it was something always, never like that Bill Nye film from a year or so ago, you know I think yeah, you like that's another one, Blackbird you know that's another one Um, Supernova that we talked about at the London Film Festival. Uh, Yeah, if you like those films, I think St. Francis will talk to you. Like, I didn't, you know, I didn't like it, but everyone else seemed to. Peanut Butter Falcon. You know, I I think, yeah, if you enjoyed that, I think you'd enjoy St. Francis. You know, but it's on Netflix. So, you know, you can dip in. You can check it out. So, I would recommend you do that, people. Because, yeah, it is it is very good. Alright? So, there you go. St. Francis. So, it was... Man, I think it was just a couple of weeks ago right, couple of weeks ago, I just saw all this buzz, all this buzz about a new film, right, like, a new film that had completely caught people of God, blown them away, and I'm thinking, oh, what is this film, right, and I'm seeing people, you know what I mean, just praising, um, you know, Teresa Thompson, and I'm thinking to myself, damn. Okay, if she's involved, I need to see this film. I need to see this film. So, you know, I I I noticed that they were mentioning Amazon. So I went onto Amazon and there it was. Sylvie's love. So I marked it down. I marked it down as like, I need to see this. I was recommending the goddamn film before I'd even seen it, (laughs) you know what I mean, which is just like, what am I doing, there's nothing I'm basing this on, just the belief in the talent involved, right, so, you know what I mean, I had a, a couple of weeks that were tied up, I'd already, you know what I mean, had content for the podcast, and I wanted to give this it space to breathe. So man, I finally got round to watching it. And ah oh, man. I am extremely glad I did. I am extremely glad I did. And I can, you know what I mean? Rest assured that I did not recommend the film in vain. You know what I mean? Ah uh, so. You know, let's get down to uh, brass tacks. Brass tacks, I believe that's the thing, right? That's the saying. So, um, you know, it's directed by Eugene Ash. He also, whew, well, he's wearing a few hats. He wrote the film, you know, and he produced it along with Gabriel Gore, Jonathan Baker, Matthew Firm, and. Namadi Asambuya And You know Another cat wearing a few hats Is Namandi Who also co-stars in the film Along with Tessa Thompson You know Um, So uh, You know Thompson plays Sylvie Parker And uh, Namandi plays Robert Holloway, right? We've also got Aja Naomi King, who plays Sylvie's, I think it's her best friend, Mona, right? We've got Ryan Michelle Bath who plays Kate Spencer. We've got uh, Reggie Jean Page, who plays Chico Sweetney. Uh, we've got Eva Longeria, who plays Carmen, we have a uh, John Magora who plays Sid Schur. Ed Weeks who plays Chase Nickerson. Lance Reddick plays Mr J and Herbert Finley. We have Jemina Kirk, who plays the Countess. MC Light was doing her thing in this. She played a character called Mickey. We have Alana Miller plays Lacey Parker, um, you know, Sylvie's mother, um, we've got Erica Gimpel, plays Eunice Johnson, we have uh, Tone Bell, plays Dickie Brewster, Wendy uh, McClendon Coovey plays Lucy Wolper, Ron Funches is in the show! You know, he plays a character called Tank. I mean, ain't gonna lie. Did get mad at Ron at the end. Did get mad at Ron at the end. And then there was um, Raquel Horsford as Connie. Um, also, you know, the, the, um, the music was by Fabrice Leconte. And the cinematography is a Declan Quinn. So, the gist of the piece is this. Um, Man, when a young woman meets an aspiring saxophonist in her father's record shop in 1950s Harlem, their love ignites a sweeping romance that transcends changing times geography and professional success so it's always interesting the different devices films use to um, you know to tell their stories right ain't that's always something that you look at and you go okay you know I get it, that works, or, I don't know if that does, you know, but, you know, different things bring you into a film, right, I mean, sometimes, you know, a film likes to show you moments from the end or midway, which doesn't always work, right, because you now understand that, okay, so, whatever happens, they're going to get to this point, right, so, there's things that you might see, that then you're like, well, I kind of know what's going to happen, right, I don't believe in that peril, I don't believe in that situation, because I already know, right, there's a point where they end up here, so, when this film starts, and it, it, we, you know, we're, we're greeted to this scene, where Sylvie, she's, you know, she's standing outside a place, and suddenly she looks, and she's like, huh, Robert, and, um, yeah, he turns, he sees her, and we get the feeling, oh, these two know each other, okay, hmm, I wonder, yeah, what's happened, right, and then we jump back, right, we, we jump back to, um, yeah, Sylvie's father's shop, you know, his record shop, she's sitting there watching TVs, and you get this nice little interchange between her and her father, you know, and then suddenly the door goes, and Robert walks in. You know, he's looking for employment, right? Looking for employment. And she explains to him, ah, there is not actually a job going, right? It's just this situation that we have. So it seems that, you know, I'm not sitting around doing nothing and we're not broke, right? So you get this, but then, whoa, what? Robert gets offered the job by her dad. Right, so you know we're, we're we're seeing this situation. you know they talk about music, and I, I you know what I think like you often watch films, right? You watch films and you don't buy the chemistry. you know, you don't buy the chemistry of the people involved. You know, it's meant to be telling this certain story, but you're looking at everything and you're like, I mean, that is all well and good. It's all well and good. But I don't buy it. I don't believe in what you're trying to sell me. You know? People, that is definitely not the case here. It's definitely not the case here. You buy... Everything, but the beauty of this, right, the beauty of this is, it's not forced, it's this subtle, this elegant, little kindling, as it were, you know, little embers of this romance, they're flickering there, (laughs) It's, it's very resa-, bleh, resa reminiscent of your old school stories, hearing like your old school Hollywood films, right? It reminded me. I remember when my nan used to come over, and um you know, she was very old, so she, you know, it wasn't like a load of walking around or anything like that, so, you know, she'd sit in front of the TV, and it was a time when we'd, you know, we just had four channels, and, you know, channel four wasn't even on all day, right, back in the day, but, you know, it meant that you'd have all these old films, all these old school films, often black and white, and, yeah, you know, she'd be like, oh, I remember this film, and so I'd often sit and watch this film with her, and like, yeah, it was a different sort of story, a different sort of, you know, love story, romance, and this was that throwback, this, you know, was this, the calling card of, you know, those old romantic films, from Back in the day, you know, the winds of yesterday were flowing through and breathing life. And these characters were receiving that wind and blossoming. You know, the performances were, oh, they were magnificent. These performances were magnificent. Yo, you are watching everything, and you're just transfixed. Yo, like, there is no point where I'm bored. Or I'm thinking, can we just speed this bit up? Or when's it going to get to? No, because you're transfixed. You're wondering, okay, what happens next? What's What's going on? Because here's the thing. Sylvie's engaged, you know. She's engaged. Her fiance is um, off in the war, you know, which would have been Vietnam, right? Hmm. I think that's right. I believe yes. I be- I believe that's Vietnam. But um, yeah, that's where he was. You know, he's off fighting, and um, you know, and so you're thinking, well, nothing is going to happen here. No, he's in Korea. Yes, he's in Korea. Yes, that's right, because Vietnam was later in the 60s. But um, yeah, you think, well, I mean, nothing can happen. Or are we gonna get a, a call, right? We must get a call saying that a fiance's dead. Yeah, and that's how this will all happen. But you know, we're watching everything transpire and you know, when the first thing goes down, oh man, like you, you're you there grinning, you know, because it was this, like it was this moment, right, it, it was one of those things, this, this moment, and the way it's all played, oh man, it was, it was, you're just warming in the heart, but you're just thinking, oh, well, I mean, it's a one-time, surely it's just a one-time thing, it, it's not going to happen again, you know, but you're transfixed, you're transfixed, you know, it, it's funny, right, I I saw someone talking about this film, and, you know, they were saying that, um, you know, the, the story is, you know, it's nice, the story is nice, but, um, it's, overly, actually I'm going to read it right, it says Sylvie's Love, a sweet well acted but overly packaged film that consciously reimagines mid century Douglas Cirque style melodramas with a black cast and a Harlem setting and I'm like you know what what you know, how is that wrong Right? How is that wrong? When we can, you know, watch series like Hollywood. You know, Ryan Kelly's Hollywood on, you know, Netflix. Where he gets to reimagine. And everyone's raving about it, saying it's great. You know, other people. Quentin Tarantino gets to reimagine. You know, many different historical settings. And everyone applauds it. Everyone loves it. So, you know, why can't this have a, you know, a little twinkle of that reimagining? You know, why, why not? Right, because most of the stories that we get, there it it involves this hardship. There involves a rape. They're involved, uh, you know, uh, slavery, and, and they're the black stories we often get, and, listen, it, it's, it, you know, it's a period of time that happened, but, but, we want something else, you know, it, it's nice to get a different type of story, a different type of story that isn't set in the hood you know isn't about guns and violence and hardship and sadness and (sighs) downtrodden all of that yo this was a celebration a celebration because we had these two people two people looking to you know achieve their dreams know, one of the things, like Sylvie, she's, you know, when Robert first meets her, she's watching TV, and her dad's like, ah, yo, she's got this notion that she wants to be on the screen, can you imagine that, a coloured girl on TV, huh. oh dear, you know, so she wants that, he wants to be, you know, a famous saxophonist. You know, a jazz man, which is, you know, there's an irony in that, right, There's you no, know, just before Christmas also, we had mar Rainey's Black Bottom, and, you know, we, we got to see Chadwick Bozeman play, you know, a, a, a trumpeter, and a magnificent performance that was, but it ended, whew, I mean, it didn't end well, right? So we get another jazz story, another jazz story that man goes completely different, right? It's a 180 from Marainis, but just as powerful, just as powerful people. You know, we we get this reimagined look, right? Where these characters, they have these dreams, and they strive for those dreams, you know, in the normal story, right, she swoons for him, he, you know, might go off, do something, and he comes back and he saves her, saves her and then, you know, possibly they live happier ever after or else, you know, something happens at the end and he dies in her arms, you know, dead and the, the normal constraints of this sort of story. So, this one, it is straight-up character-driven, right? We get this rich history. We get this rich tapestry. We understand what makes these characters breathe, what makes them smile, what brings them to life. There's no shallowness here to the story. It's rich, you know? It's a rich story. And that's the joy of it. You know, it, it, it's not looking for someone to save someone. You know, it's a love story. But it's the love story that you, that you always want. You know, the story that you always want to see. Where there isn't this compromise. You know, and people, we did... We did wonder if that's what we were going to get. Right? As the, you know, the story goes. There's there's moments where you'll think, oh. Oh no. Is that person going to put their dreams on hold? Is that person going to put their, you know, life on hold for someone else? Even when it seems there's a disregard here. And, hey. Luckily, that's not what happens. But it's not done in a cavalier fashion, right? You, you know, when people talk about this and be like, "Ah, oh, well, you know, it's you know, it's nice and it's quaint, but it's not completely believable." But I, I think there is a, a, a strong belief here. You know, when I'm watching this film. I'm thinking to myself, well, well, obviously the character has to do this, right? You know, and I'm holding my breath because usually we see them yeah, pivot and do something else. You know, back down. Forget about their dreams. What makes them happy? But, yo, that didn't happen. It didn't happen, so we get to see them blossom, we get to see butterflies burst out of those cocoons, and there is a joy to it, right, You, I think you forget sometimes that we don't always see these stories. You know, we I think we have been conditioned to expect something less. So when you see this richness, you know, we see these magnificent performances. Oh man, it makes your heart sing. It makes your soul sing, people. There's this. Oh man, this is this is the love. Right? This is the love that we all want. The love we strive for. Right? And I think you forget that. Right? I'm watching that film and at the end of it, I was just like, god damn it. That's what I want. Right? That's what I want. You and you're just, whew. look, I ain't gonna lie. You know, uh, there, was, there was a dampness to my eyes, for real. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, it it was just extremely moving. It's extremely moving. <sighs> so I, I look I definitely, I definitely, I wholeheartedly recommend that you go see this. You yeah. know? I I would definitely say that, right, we get those moments here, when, you know, there's a reconnection, there's a reconnection, and it's always played extremely well, always played extremely well, you know, but it. Doesn't take away from the story, so the story still moves, and these characters are still growing, and they're still evolving, and not just our main characters, you know, like Sylvie's friend Mona, you know, she's just not the the friend that's there to, you know, nudge a story in a direction, no, Mona's got her own arc. Mona has her own blossoming to do, which, yeah, that's something, right, that's definitely something, so, I think, you know, there's, there's a bit when Robert tells Sylvie that he just wants her to be happy, even if it means it doesn't involve him. And I i mean, if that isn't one of the truest expressions of love, what the hell is? What the hell is? You know, we often have times when people say that they love you, saying that they love you, but the actions don't reflect that. Actions don't reflect that. You know, there, there's a lack of support. Right? There's trying to hold you back. There is a point when, you know, Sylvie's in a position and, you know, she's told, eh, quit your job. You don't need to work. Even, Even though she has just achieved the thing that she's always wanted. But it's seen as a secondary component of of the life and so, you know, when Robert is like no, 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 you need to be happy and then the actions reflect that oh, man like but you, you understand what's going on right, there's this moment when you understand what's going on it is not vocalized. It's not vocalized. And I think there's always that fear that... Uh, what if they don't get it? Right? What if they don't understand? Yo, have you missed your shot? Is it too late? And, and I think when you're watching that moment, it, it de- definitely kind of... You know, you look at your life, <laughs> like, it's crazy, right? Because, I don't know, like, I'm looking at my life as I'm watching this goddamn film. It's a film, people. It's a film. But there's definitely some retrospectiveness going on. And I'm looking at things, and I'm thinking, you know, you, about situations, and, well, yeah, no. That person did not have my best interests at heart. Like, that person didn't. And so you're just like, god damn it. (laughs) Yeah. I've not hit that point yet. I've not hit that point. Right? But, you're like, their love reminded me of two friends of mine. Right? Cindy and Eric. Cindy and Eric are the living embodiment of Sylvie and Robert. Because, you know, like them, they met early on. There was a love there. But, you know, life drifted them apart. And then they came back together. And they came back together in this big way. In this big way. And... You know, you get to see them blossom. And people, yeah, like our our characters, they had their happy ending. And I I can tell you now, people, they are still living that happy ending. Because it's not an ending for them. They're evolving, they're growing, and you're still seeing their love blossom. Which is, it's always a lovely thing. It's perfect right, it's perfect, and yeah, you know, you don't always see that kind of thing reflected on the big screen, or even the little screen, and if, I think sometimes when they're showing love, it's a little cliched, it's a little saccharine, you know, there's not that gritty reality to it, but this showed that gritty reality. And, yeah, I loved it. I loved it. Sylvie's love is tremendous. It, it, you know, the script is great. The script is great. The performances are hypnotic. They're mesmerizing. Every person just gives us, man, they give us their soul. Here you know, they they really do. Because anything less than this film. Isn't the film that we get to see. yo. It's, it wouldn't be this film. Yo, and I can honestly say that. Yo. Sylvie's Love. That, this is now on my list. Right. This film is now on my list. Of the films. That I recommend. The films. That I hold dear. Yo. I remember watching. Um. Uh, Queen and Slim You know Early last year I took took my friend to see it for her birthday And God damn that had an impact right And you're thinking Yo the love that you saw Between those characters Man You're just like oh, I want that love Man imagine Meeting someone Who loves you like that Right But, you know, obviously, that did not end well. (laughs) That didn't end well. So it's nice now that we have a new love to look at. And that one does. So people, yeah, I highly, 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 people recommend Sylvie's Love. It's on Amazon. So if you don't have Amazon, people, this is a good reason to go get it. (laughs) <laughs> All right, enjoy it, people. I definitely think you will. Okay, people, so we draw to a close on another episode but before we do let's take a look and see what's happening in the world of films so um yeah things are happening with Paramount at the moment they gained the film lost the film but uh things seem good over there you know Uh, You know There was a lot of properties That got tied up in The Disney purchase Of 20th Century Fox One of those Was a film Adaptation of Spamalot The huge Broadway and West End Musical So that film has now been acquired By Paramount Right so um, They've tagged you know, Dan Jinks and Eric Idle To produce the film Idle is also writing The screenplay And Casey Nicolau Who um, you know, choreographed the Original Broadway production Along with Book of Mormons Aladdin Mean Girls and a host of other things He's coming on Board to direct the film you know they haven't got any cast or anything like that at the moment, but it looks like you know things are um, yeah moving along, and they're looking to uh, go into production later this year. Now, a film that they no longer have is um, you know the United States v. Billy Holiday, as that film. Has um, <laughs> you know, it's come back to Disney, right? So the Disney lose a film, gain a film. Paramount lose one, gain one. Yeah, it's a little roundabout. So yeah, this film it's now going to Hulu, um, but they will be putting it out for a limited run in the cinema. So it, uh, you know. Is in contention for the Oscars. Alright, so um other news, it was a huge hit over the Christmas period, and that's We Can Be Heroes from Robert Rodriguez. You know what I mean? Made um ate some good numbers for Netflix, so good that uh you know they are. Developing a sequel already, you know. So, um, no word on who's gonna be returning the directors, the writers, anything like that. Just the fact that, uh, yeah, Netflix want to be in that hero game at least one more time, yeah. So, um, yeah, that is, um, that's all good for a lot of the people involved Haven't checked it out I, I, was, I was never really a Spy Kids fan But, um, you know, all power to the peoples Now, Alex Garland You know what I mean? I think, think people have been wondering What's next for old Alex? Well, it would seem that he's got a film called Men Coming uh, so, this is going to be through A24. Um, now, Garland has penned the script. It's about a young woman who goes on a solo vacation to the English countryside after the death of her ex husband. Um, you know, the film is being produced by Scott Rudin, Ellie Bush, Andrew McDonald, and Alan Reich. Uh, so um, Jesse Buckley And uh, Roy Kinner had a, a Look to be um, You know the, the two leads of the piece But other than that Yeah that's all we know people That's all we know But I mean uh, You know Garland he, he has been involved in a, a You know mostly Really interesting, good stuff So, you know We wait with bated breath To see, um, you know What happens with this one Now, this is interesting L- Lashana Lynch You know, she has been uh, You know, snagged by Netflix To play um, Oh gosh, what's the woman's name again it's uh, Miss Honey, yes, Miss Honey in the uh, the new film adaptation of Matilda, you know, um, yeah, like, you know, it's been a film, it's been a, a musical, which, if I'm correct, Lynch directed, you know, so, um, hey, she's come back. To the project You know So um, Hey You know Ronald Dahl Those those, You know Those stories Are kind of classics So yeah We'll see what happens With this If they're able to uh, Yeah Keep that magic alive And um, This is a bit of an interesting one To end on people So it, it, You know For a period of time we, you know, we were getting no more Star Wars stuff They were going on a break Then at the end of last year, suddenly, boom Along with a whole heap of other, you know, Marvel and Disney products We got news of a lot that is happening I mean, we could say with the Star Wars front of things that it might be thanks to the success of um, Disney Plus, which was aided by The Mandalorian, you know, which was kind of a fresh take on things, right? And definitely, you know what I mean, I think brought a new focus to the franchise after the mixed reception from the last three films You know, the, the, the one golden moment was Rogue One But yeah, The Mandalorian kind of stirred things up So, it has now been, um, you know, uh, some rumblings about the, you know, the film that Kevin Feige is um, developing You know, it wasn't mentioned at the recent investors, you know, big meeting But it is being said that Michael Waldron is um, being brought to uh, pen the piece You know, and, you know, Waldron, he's been working a lot at Disney of late You know, I I, I think he, he kind of really kind of broke out with Rick and Morty but, you know what I mean, he, he's been over at Disney You know, he uh, wrote, uh, you know, and I think show ran um, season one of Loki You know, he's um, written the uh, Doctor Strange film You know, Multiverse of Madness When Sam Raimi took over the project And it's believed he's coming back for season two of Loki as well. So, um, you know, it's not surprising that, uh, you know, he's getting trusted with, um, you know, Faye's vision for Star Wars. Because I'm sure he's worked with him on, um, you know, the direction of these other projects. So, uh, you know, I I think we've seen what Faye can do. I mean, his vision has helped steer the MCU. So, uh, yeah, I am definitely intrigued to see what he can do in the Star Wars universe. You know, but people, that's us. We are done for another week. Hope you enjoyed the reviews. Hey, share, you know, share them with your peoples. You know, leave a rating on iTunes, leave a comment on the website and social media. You know what I mean? Let's start the year right, people. But, until next week, take it easy, enjoy your film watching, for peace.